Dawn. Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about the Fantasy Corn League. We have the results. So once again, we are going to be covering some of that information. In our spotlight today, we're going to look at the Dairy Checkoff's new reset campaign. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the National FFA Convention. And we'll wrap things up with some cool beans. That's corny with some current events. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And once again, joining us this week, special guest Doug Hintz. Hi. And Derek Potratz. Hey, guys. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, how about them Packers, eh? So we had two games since the last episode. Packers had a short week this week. So they took out the Washington football team and last night beat up on the J.J. Wattless Arizona Cardinals. It was an so exhilarating end. It was. It was semi-anticlimactic. <clears throat> anticlimactic? Because, well, okay. So, like, because all, I felt like, okay, they're going to score. Like, we're going to go to so overtime. Either they're going to score and Rodgers is going to have to go on a drive or they're going to kick a field goal and we're going to go to overtime. We're going to get free football. And then it was just over. Like, I it was awesome because we won and we. I was uh, like, they're going to score a touchdown and we're going to lose. Uh, no, I, I didn't nah. think they were going to score a touchdown. Here's the definition of anticlimactic causing disappointment at the end of an exciting or impressive series of events. Can I be honest with you? It was, was very exciting. When he caught that, slightly, that was I was like slightly disappointed we weren't going over. I had fully prepared <laughs> myself for overtime. I was like, free football, let's go, baby. Free football, and we don't get the coin toss, and they drive down Dis- and score a touchdown. Disappointed, disappointed in the fact that I didn't get free football, not disappointed in the fact that the game was over and we won. Does that make sense? Uh, like I had psyched myself up for free football. I don't know. My heart was beating out of my chest the whole time. I, I was that last drive. It literally was. You guys no, just aren't when, football guys. When like we me. couldn't score at the end there, well, and, and you could tell just by, back. by watching Rogers no, the whole he time, was, he's like, ah. Here just we, disgusted with, a, here with the situation again. he was in. and I've seen this movie a hundred times. Yes. Well, it's cool that the defense won him a game in yeah. a way. No, two really good defensive showings the last two games. Rodgers Rogers <clears throat> was funny. Last night he said, we're just stuck on 24, man. We just can't can't get much past 24. It's all right as long as your defense only lets him get 14 or 21. So. Yeah. And that's been the the way it's been going. So They described their defense really well last night. I thought they were as opportunistic. Mm-hmm. They're not a shutdown, you know, stop them defense, but they make plays when they have to, and they do a good job. And when the chips are down, they're coming through for us right now. Even, so. even special over. teams, that recovery of the muffed yeah, punt. Yeah, that, that, was, that was really bad by Rondale Moore. Like, oh, yeah. really oh, bad. Yeah. And he tried to play it off as like, oh, I didn't touch yeah. it. Just jump on the <clears> ball. Like, what right. are you doing? But, I mean, I'll take it. I mean, it worked out for us, but it was really bad. That was really ugly. That We only got a field goal out of that, though, as yeah. well. Right. Because it... <clears throat> it was a heads-up play, kind of. I think a couple of the guys on the first teams knew what happened. The other guy, the guy that got the ball, it was Max's guy, Ty Summers. I don't think he realized it right away. <laughs> Not your guy, I know Max. Because <clears throat> if you watched it, he landed on the ball. It was like on the one-yard line, and then, and then they were yelling at him, and then he stretched it over the, go the goal line. Yeah. But they'd already blown it dead. When but he they'd did blown it dead when he jumped on. I was it, trying so. to save that because if they didn't call it back, then it'd be a touchback. Then you know, right? You couldn't have a touchdown and uh, it pinned on the one both. Could you? Well, no, because you would have a touchdown time. Right, right. Well, but they didn't <laughs> at that time. They didn't really know that they that the guy touched it, and right. they were calling so you're saying, it. You're saying if it had been ruled that he didn't touch it, yeah. right? And he, he, and they would have counted it. Yeah, then I, it, it would have been yeah. So, but they waited for a clear and obvious recovery, and then they blew it dead. And then they're like, okay, let's start it out, which is probably the way they should call it. They probably shouldn't let him score and then decide, okay, now we're going to review it. Just mm-hmm. get the make sure you know who recovers it and go from there. So, Bill, do we have another Max Stradamus? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have. I was uh, sitting in the truck with Max yesterday talking about farming, and then we got talking about the Packers, and Max literally said, because I said the Packers are going to win, 
And then Max says, if the Cardinals lose, they're going to tank. They're just they're going to go the opposite way. They're just done. And they lost. So we'll see. See what happens. Know, see what happens. I think, How much tank? I think the writing's on the wall already, just what you saw last night. Like, their offense was not very good. Their defense was really not very good when they needed them to be. And you saw, you know, now J.J. Watt's gone. Hopkins is hurt. Kyler Murray's hurt. And they're... That Zabin Collins, their stud rookie linebacker, went out early. I don't know if he came back or not. But. So, the, like you see, you they're in position for the wheels to really fall off, which is kind of what I thought would happen if they lost one game. I didn't, I didn't think they were necessarily a. They're not a perennial powerhouse. They're not a bunch of guys that are used to winning. So it's, I think those teams are a lot more prone to a collapse. Doug, you were looking at their schedule before we were on air, and like they like their biggest win was the Rams. Right? They, they've got a pretty gravy yeah. schedule. Uh, well, week one they played the Titans. That was probably their hardest game, I would sure. say. I mean, because Titans look. I mean, they've gotten better right. as the season's gone on. So, but they were not very good the first like three weeks. So yeah. when you look back at it now, you're like, yeah, the Titans are good now. When they beat yeah. them, the Titans were not a very good football team. Yeah. Do you think with the defense exposed? Kyler Murray in some ways and yeah. show, they showed all of them staying in their lanes so he couldn't I mean defense oh, right. played well and played very they they look great I don't know if I don't we know if say we have a real defense or not their offensive line isn't very good is it either <clears throat> they have a an okay line it seems like not nothing great I think their offensive line looks a lot better because Kyler Murray keeps Runs, himself out yeah, of trouble right. they're, they're on their third they said last night third center right so they're I think that's affecting him to a certain extent too. It's not a how. So the jo- the jokes come out all the time about Kyler Murray being short. You know how short did he look when the ball flew over his head on that snap? Oh yeah, he looked yeah. like he was four feet tall. <laughs> it how was tall so is funny. he for real? Because yeah, five he, eight, and he's not very tall. That's really. I'm five eight. Holy crap! They listed him as six foot in the draft. I, I don't. They, think they list everybody as six foot. But when he when the ball went over his head, he looked like a middle schooler out there jumping for the ball. Like it was ugly. Yeah. yeah he, not having really watched many Arizona games, you forget how short he really is until you watch watch him in action. This is five ten. Russell Wilson five eleven. He's not very tall. Jim yeah. Leonard was listed on an NFL roster at six foot, and I've stood <laughs> next to Jim Leonard. I am taller than him, and I am five eight. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Yeah, everybody's everybody's six feet in professional sports. Nobody nobody really goes for the the actual height. It was a great win. I was is. A lot of good things. A lot of good things from a bunch of kids that don't belong on a football field, honestly. Or don't belong. The guy who made the game-saving interception was playing for the Arizona Cardinals a month ago. He wasn't playing. He was on the practice practice squad. I mean, he really came from nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Our young guys we pulled up, Jawan Winfrey, played well enough. He was good. I mean, he didn't screw up. Well, he screwed up, but not bad. Yeah. I guess he fumbled the ball, but kicked it out of bounds. So Yeah. And that could have been a score too. The way they, if you would have held on to the ball, that was a touchdown. Oh yeah, there, there was, was there was daylight. They were running like a punt between block. him and like is what yeah, it, looked, it looked. It was looked like, like all out blitz. It looked like when you uh, play Madden and you switch the controller and call punt block for the defense, then switch it back <laughs> so you're on offense, so you can run plays against punt block. That's what it looked like. So, yeah. Anybody watching World Series? A I mean, bit. I've <clears throat> I've paid attention to. A little bit of it, like they talked about it last night, a little bit in between plays and during injuries, but I haven't really watched a game. I don't want to watch those scumbag Astros win the World Series, yeah. so I haven't been watching. Did you see the game one, though? The Charlie Martin from the Braves took a line drive, broke his fibula, fibula and then pitched like 16 more pitches. Really? Oh, wow. He finished wow. the inning, and then he came back out to pitch the next inning and couldn't finish. Well, it's, but It's the non-weight-bearing bone in your leg. I'm not, it's still a broken leg. Like, don't get me wrong here. but it, So that's how he was able to do it is because... Was it John Smoltz style? Like, remember the bloody sock? That and, was uh, Kurt Schilling. Or Schilling, yeah. 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 The, no, but that was the World Series, yeah. But he's their stud pitcher, so that sucks. Yeah, it really stinks because, you know, even if they win some games now, you know, it's going to go to seven. Right. It has to for the for them to win at this point. But then you're saying, oh, we're, you know, we normally you talk yourself into we throw our ace in game seven, we'll be fine. Okay. They're not; they can't throw their at, ace. At least so. the Braves took one from Houston. Yeah, you know, going one one, now going back to Atlanta, that might help them. Yeah, one one without your ace though, yeah, is, it is tough. It's, no. it's um, and their bullpen is stressed already because they had to, you know, pitch hard in game one, and uh, they're yeah. gonna be in trouble. 
I hope they win, though. I don't want the Bra- I'm a big Bravos fan right now. Just don't want the Strohs. Yeah, I don't. I think uh, who's the little guy? I don't like oh, him. At all. Yeah. Can we say like Jose when the Nationals won, they beat the Brewers in that wild card game, and like, and now if the Braves win, can we be like, oh, they beat the Brewers? Said, kind of a thing. They said the Brewers the last six last six postseason appearances have lost to either the World Series winner or the World Series participant. Sure. Like every time they're losing to someone that makes the World Series. It's not like the Cardinals who lost to the Dodgers this year and then the Dodgers didn't make it. So we just couple more second players. best. We like yeah. two more players. <laughs> I hope Freddie Freeman doesn't resign with the Bravos and we can have our first baseman right there. He will though, especially Mark, if they win. You think Mark Antonasio is going to pony up that there's, kind of yeah, cash? There's probably not. No. Antonacio is one of those owners who just has the team to get rich. He doesn't care about winning baseball games. <laughs> I'm not Ouch. an Antonacio. <clears throat> I'm not an Antonacio uh, sy- sympathetic fan. I just he's doing more than Seelig ever did. Yeah, but I don't know. He doesn't. I don't think he. I don't see the. It's not like John Horst. Weird owning a business and want to make money. That's well, weird. <laughs> nobody ever does that. <laughs> but. No. But Dan Snyder isn't committed to winning football oh, games. Dan, no. What? He's not Dan Snyder. Dan no, he's here. he's committed to keeping his his money, and that's the way I feel about Antonasio. He's not committed to winning baseball games. We signed Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, and then we sat on our hands and signed a bunch of old guys for no money. And he got a bunch of good. They were good, good arms, though. Good they were good. They did some good things, but we're not we're not in the free agent for no, real free well, agent. We will market. never be the Yankees, though, Max. Ever like the Yankees just, or the Dodgers? No. Yeah. All right. I can't wait any longer. We got you guys ready to go into this? this. All right. So last week we talked fantasy accordingly. We had some projections, which we'll go over in a minute. But first, we'll start with the reveal of the trophy. Todd's little sweatshop of children last night (laughs) built with popsicle sticks and corn cobs. So we'll see what what he came up with. It's like Santa's workshop, but sad. But it's very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy, I don't want to put it together anymore. This is the worst arts and crafts project ever. So I've got it in front of us covered so that, that nobody else can see it. It's only been seen by five people so far. And none of, none and none of, of them are over us. Yeah. Shout out to Adam Schomburg for helping me with the 3D <laughs> printer. We It's got 14 hours of 3D printing amassed in here, some spray paint. He's going to build up a lot of hype. And some, you know, we, a week of trying to pick just the right corn cob for it and trying to, to fix also, that it's a corn correctly. Cob. It is. Yeah, and it, it's going to be... Interchange that you will be able to pick the winner will pick one cob from their team to be on the trophy. So that's that's. But I I have a different cob on there for right now. So so there's right, a, see a placeholder. This cob. is the the most coveted trophy in fantasy crop leagues right here. <laughs> this is the most coveted. I, I, prize. I feel like that's probably a pretty accurate statement. That's yes. like that's like you're my favorite guy named Todd in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ready for this? Ready. ready. You, you didn't want to go with favorite Schomburg? Oh, no. it's still playing them with their music. No, that, that wouldn't be specific enough. <laughs> I didn't know my father-in-law was on the podcast today. <laughs> silver. Yeah. It's silver. It's, it looks like it's designed after the Lombardo Trophy. It is. It's very nice. So it took you 14 hours to, to, to 3D print a pedestal. Yeah. I just knocked it down. Yeah, 3D printing takes a long time. No, the uh, yeah the pedestal part was hard to to 3D print, and it came out first. It was like all plastic, and that doesn't work. So it's it's a fix, and then the the winner gets to pick which cob they want on top. So we're we gonna have to use a zip tie to hold the. We'll, we'll use more glue, and I'll use more spray paint. It was just kind of a quick quick spray paint job. So. So you're gonna reprint the bottom every year? Oh yeah. Okay. Is, oh is, yeah. Is only the winner gets to keep this. We're not. We're not like repurposing. No. It's not like the traveling no, closing wheel tra- of destiny. Are we gonna no, name it no. the? Um, yeah, we need a name for the, it. The Polinsky or something. I agree. After oh, nice. Jeff, the, the founder of our company, yep, the Polinsky Trophy. Yeah. But yes, it looks like the Lombardi Trophy, but instead of a football on top, it's got a corn cob. So are only two thirds of the kernel silver. If like we turn it. Will if, it be yellow on the bottom? No, I sprayed the bottom part, okay. so we're good. It must just be like you can see in between no, the rows. No, in between bit. gets yeah. hard, yeah. It was hard to get the paint in there. <clears throat> I think have time need, to be as exact. I think we need a trophy case at the TTR headquarters. There so you go. Everyone can see who yep, the winner and we'll is each year. we'll put the placard in front of who won. And yeah. Yeah? 
All right. So now we have the trophy. Just to recap, last week we discussed via hand check, and only hand check. This is not taking into account population, um, final stand counts, anything like that. It's only cobs. This was the order. So it was Max's Cornhole Warriors were in first place. Bill's Rougher Than a Cob was in second place. Doug's Doug the Slug team was in third. Todd's Tilfies were in fourth. And my team, the Mother Shuckers, were at the bottom. And we had a difference of about 15 bushel from top to bottom after hand checks were completed. So we had a a tight race potentially on our hands because with hand checks, you just never know. You know, you're grabbing cobs, so uh, do we want to talk about the... We know what the final bushel count was. Do We want? We don't know who's in which place. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. don't know who's got do it, but... Do we want to reveal from there, fifth to yes. first? Yes. Ooh, that's a good... Yes. So... <laughs> I, we just screwed up, we just yeah, screwed up Derek's... Up Derek. uh, Derek's got everything, like, on a notepad, and it's been lock and keys, he's so he's none been of us very can good see at it. Or, Does anybody know these results, Derek, other than you? Ooh, don't look at the... Don't look at the... Yeah, I saw it, like... Went clear for a second. Look away for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, well, I got with in the combine with Derek. We harvested it on Saturday, and it, that's it cheating. Well. What the heck? Uh, yeah, I made sure to kind of ask him what what plot he was on, and then I <laughs> don't you know the Schomburg family motto? If you're not cheating, you're not. Trying. Yeah, I remember when when <laughs> put more when Bill was pulling cobs for hand checks. I do remember. <laughs> yeah, so now we got two Schombergs have both portrayed shady behavior through this competition. <laughs> no, he only he only let me ride for like the last twenty minutes, and it was. He can attest. They had two kids with me, and and they oh, they so made you sure I kept it. Yeah, you, they made sure you were I hoping the kids didn't just fall out of the combine or something. Actually, that combine's pretty roomy. Fit four of us in there. It was a good time. <laughs> so, does anybody know these results other than you, Derek? Like the wife? Anything? Nobody knows. No one knows. Are you okay? Nobody. Do you have, knows. Are you bursting? I can handle it. I can. <laughs> Derek, so, before so, we, right, before we get ready. before we get too deep into this, who paid you the most? Who bri- <laughs> whose bribes were the biggest? Fortunately, no one. So yeah. Uh, so you so you didn't get the check Max mailed you. I uh, was the only one who helped with silage uh, harvest this year, so I just should. That was your bribe. You were helping Derek with his plots. Yep. So there you go. So the <clears throat> and if everybody remembers, we got the trophy. Yep. And then Max brought up that losers got to buy lunch. So whoever's in last, last is what we're saying. Max should, has to buy lunch. Yeah, should winner get to pick lunch then? What it is? Ooh, there you go. Right, that makes sense. Sure, yeah. winner should get to pick. And yep. then what we had said earlier too is the losers have to pay some towards the charity of the winner's choice. So that's the other kind of thing. The three big things we're playing for. So before we get into <clears throat> starters. Uh, like I said, last week we were 15 bushel difference top to bottom for plot averages. That shrunk this week with the actual results. So the difference was less than 10 bushel from top to bottom. So this is team averages. Right? <clears throat> this is team averages, yep. That's very close. Think of that, nine bushel difference. And our, our yields are all adjusted down to 15%, 15.5% moisture? 15 and a half. Yep. 15.5, okay. The the calculation was taken from uh, UW's um, calculation they use for most of their extension work. So good. All right. Oh, I'm nervous now. <laughs> All right. So we to start off, we had a trial average of 221.7 bushels. Um, and it's over 200 bushels. Take it. In fifth place was. Oh, the po- Bill. Oh, Ooh, Bill's big drop yeah. there. I like the I like the poop, poop emoji. emoji. <coughs> That's, awesome. That's so mean. Bill's rougher than a cob is in fifth place. Pretty rough. With a total yield of two hundred and sixteen point two bushels. That was his team average. Bill, oh. you were in second in the hand checks. I know. Only one variety did less than two hundred bushel out of all years looking at these results. So that's pretty, pretty good. good. And the number one number <coughs> one there, the forty eight ninety five was the fourth four fifth. Fifth yeah. of all my varieties. You're not, so. That was your one. That was one one, right? One one. First yeah. pick, first, first pick, round. Yeah, yep. First pick. Yeah. You guys were all mad when I picked it. <laughs> it's like when your first pick has a down year, like when your running back gets hurt. Kishu like, McCaffrey. It's like when you draft Dayton Jones. Yeah. <laughs> In fourth place was 
It's not me. Doug the Doug. Slug. Doug? Doug the Slug. Only one position moved for Doug. He was at an average yield of 219.5 bushels. In third place was me. Matt. Matt's mother shuckers at Max. <laughs> I feel like this is like that beauty pageant where right. we're up we're up in front waiting, Max, and we yeah. just so we know we when they call second place, then obviously you know who who got who first, won it. So, first place. So yeah between Todd and Max. So let's see. Max Oh what the heck? Twenty four point four bushels. It is rigged. And your champion is Todd. Todd nice. Yes. Wow. Wow. I did. 25.9 bushel team average. 3193 <clears throat> was the freaking stud? What the heck? Yep. Dairyland and Rank just pounding it for you. Wow. I did not expect that, Max. When it, when I, we were within, like, that's crazy, too. We were within a bushel and a half difference. I can't believe 5198 went under 200. That really, that really hurts. Just looking at my team, <clears throat> you know, we, we talked last week. Dairyland 4018 looked really good. That was second to last, and Cropland was the top, and I don't th- I think I would have guessed that at all. Cropland just was that really <clears throat> girthy cob that had. No, that, that was, was the NK. That was the NK. Yeah, it was yeah. NK. It looked, I mean, Bex was middle of the pack for me, and that was the second best cob we looked at last week. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. So congratulations, Todd. Yes. Yeah, now I feel weird making my own trophy. <laughs> this is, this no, you is like that. You're uh, happy. You're excited to get to keep it. <laughs> yeah. So where so where are you gonna where are you gonna make Bill buy us lunch from? Oh yeah, Bill's bottom. Yep. Definitely Chick fil A. <laughs> it's interesting we have a Schomburg bookend to this plot. We've got <laughs> Schomburg sandwich. one on top, one on the bottom. Next year it'll be the other way around. And what yeah. and do you have your charity picked out yet? Oh no, I haven't thought about that. I'll have to think. So I do have I have the results summarized in different ways, but just so the audience is informed here, um, like I said, our average trial yield was 221.7 bushels. Um, the average trial moisture was 18.5%, and the average test weight was 55.8. Um, do you guys want to dig right into the overall plot winners yep. by variety? All right. That can go from top to bottom. We don't. Yep. So the overall plot winner was Dairyland, 37.15 a.m. That was from Max's team, averaged 241.8 bushels. And I'm trying to think when I picked them. We'll just go through the top five here, I think. Um, Next up was Dairyland again, 31.93. That was from Todd's team at 239.8 bushels. That was tight. Third place was Dairyland again. 3810Q. That was from Todd's team. Fourth place was DeKalb 4480RIB. That was from Bill's team. That yielded 236.2 bushels. And fifth place was DeKalb 4755. That was from Doug's team, yielding 234.9 bushels. Um, and I'll how much more you guys want to comment on this, but um, we'll probably post these results as well. How many, scroll down to the bottom there. So we only had two varieties go under 200 bushel. Yep. Otherwise, everything else was, was north of 200, so. That uh, third column over the, the second yellow column, that's the uh, moisture at combining, correct? Correct. Yeah. Max, hold wow. up the winter cob. It's like... It's not super it's, impressive. It's, no, wow. I mean, it's... But when we went through this plot, I believe we said the stand count on there was phenomenal. It was really good. Look at the amount of tip back. You're like right at the perfect amount of tip back, you know, you, and you get a lot of cobs in there. You're going to... It's going to do well. And then this is the number two cob, Dairyland 3193. It helps that 3715 was at a good moisture, too. It was at 19. I mean, that's good combining without... Any, you know, you should have very minimal, um, you know, head loss or anything like that. So, Doug, how did your, uh, the one you had said last week that was just like a steel post, how did that one do? Um, that was the 3366 from Dairyland. Right in the middle, 14 there. 
69. How was test weight on it? 59. Well, I have it sorted 59. by test weight. Oh, okay. So we'll see how that stuff shook out. This is number four, the 4480. Uh, uh, and that was the number one pick? That, no. No? Yeah, what did the number one pick overall end up? The... 48.95. I, I have them sorted by pick as well. Here. Okay. We'll see how that... Because that would be always interesting, too, is it seemed like some of our later picks actually did, do we, did really yeah. well. Do, do, like we, it, do we get a prize for number on overall variety? No. No. <laughs> nope, only overall winner. <laughs> Dang. It's a team game here, Max. Yep. <laughs> so I have it broke down now by maturity division. So Second place right. is just first loser, Max. That's <laughs> all it is. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't first, you're last. <laughs> Just so the audience is reminded, we did draft um, by maturity divisions. So we had um, less than 92 day, a 93 to 95 day, 96 to 98 day, and then a 99 to, 90, or to 101 day. Um, and then here I have just the winners from, from those maturity divisions. If you guys have any comments on those. So Todd won the short day. Interesting. Well, that thirty-one ninety-three is the one that took second in the whole plot. So I mean, that was at a ninety. Yeah, wow. Yeah, really good short day. This is this is cool. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of data here, and it's hard to take it all in and <clears throat> talk about it all at once. But I mean, to be able to put this out and show, you know, have it like for our own data is. Really, going to be really nice. That's a good point, Max. Is when we decided to do fantasy crap leagues, the idea was to make it fun, but also have a way to get really good plot data and still be fun. So, I mean, this is way more elaborate than any plot you're going to see. It 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 is. It's a, it's you know, Derek is running a replicated plot plot with a lot of good data in it, and this is a really good way to kind of to show that and to see it right in front of you. Yeah, and um, I guess one takeaway from this was that um, if you look at the average um, from each maturity division, you can see which which one performed best in Seymour. Um, so as you can see, our latest division didn't actually win. I think our sweet spot was at that 96 to 98 day um, corn. Which, which makes which sense. Which is yep. yeah. exactly where you know, most guys are planting. Confirms in. what we should see. That's interesting because I was expecting some of those hundred days to sort of try to and to be your ones that might get you the have the most yield potential. Right, right. We had close to one of the best years in our area we can have for those long day varieties yeah. too. So it's not like we planted in on the first of June and that's why they didn't do well. Like we, they had a lot of opportunity here or the best opportunity they're going to get in this area. So yeah. All right. So now I I broke it up by by round as we drafted um, so we can see which round did perform the best and actually here um, the fifth round picks performed the best hmm. in this trial um, and what's really interesting is that the first round picks they're all the at worst. the bottom <laughs> what yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so you'll see our first round picks from just about every team perform bottom of the plot so so does that mean we don't know what we're doing? <laughs> no, does that mean that shows how much, the, how tight the numbers are, and how one year what does really well may not do the same the next well, yeah, year? Right, right. got to look yeah. at <clears throat> multiple, multiple year your variables, are multiple gonna, locations, yeah. and it shows too is maybe on farms you should be growing. You know, instead of trying to, well, we're just going to grow two different varieties this year. Maybe you should grow five because that. Yeah. Fifth pick will probably do just as good as your first pick, and it also shows you that when you your pick gets replaced, that well, whatever the company yeah. replaces it with may not be the best. Yeah, yep, yeah. Even if they say it's the same. Yeah, and it, yeah, I broke it up just so you could see by team which rounds did the best. And yeah, for my team, it was like. My third round pick was the top. Went third round, fourth round, second round, last round, second to last round, first round. <laughs> wow, mine was like complete backwards. 
Looks like six, five, four. Oh yeah, two, three. Yeah, just eight and four. Your last round, yeah, was <laughs> was in the middle, but otherwise everything else was backwards of what you just picked. Just like my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> like my my late round picks always seem to work out. Mine were pretty close to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I have the overall picks listed one through 40 at the time when we drafted, um, and this is how they, they shook out. So build the first overall pick um, down, to, down to 40. Not great radio for some of this, but... So the 17th overall pick was the highest yield. So almost halfway through was the highest yield, but then you go to the third highest yield, and that was the 36th pick. We only picked 40. Like 36 yeah, out of 40. That's, it's, a, sleep, that's yeah. a Cinderella story right But there. the 40th pick was at the bottom. The, bottom. Which is yeah. the 40th pick did end up being the first one in the trial. Yeah, that was sort, This is sorted by pick here. Where's so. number one? Yeah, right number two one. spaces <laughs> above it. <laughs> so you're fir- the first and the last pick were bottom Bill, of the barrel. Yes, Bill had the 38th. And Hence why I finished fifth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I believe I have... Moisture and test weight sorted top to yeah, bottom here. That's going to hurt. Um, one, let me say, when we're picking rice, Max picked the best one overall. I didn't, mine was second, and then I had a lot in the middle. And maybe what we've always said, picking varieties, you don't want to pick the dogs. Yeah. You, don't, you know, yep, like yep. when we're picking, like the idea is like, I just, I don't, you don't necessarily want to hit a home run. And I didn't. I, you know, Max hit the home run. Well, I, I'm just playing small ball over here, but my team still ended up with the highest. So that's something to think about when we're picking varieties is just trying to get rid of the ones you know aren't. You know, and when we were picking these, when we got to the bottom of the barrel, we couldn't just say, well, yeah, I don't want to pick something 40th. It's, but it just shows if you can pick average and if not just slightly above, that's what you're aiming for. What's funny or what I realized like about my team specifically is I had the highest overall yield, and then I did pretty good on the rest of them being in the top mm-hmm. half, but I had two in the bottom three mm-hmm. that then, and that were that are year over year relatively good performers that just did not didn't, didn't hit it didn't this do year. it sure. this year and yeah. they, I mean when I picked them they were not like these what the heck is he I had some picks where you guys were like okay whatever <laughs> those were not the ones you know right. so. It's interesting to see that, you know, kind of shake out that way. Yeah. Um, well, Bill had brought up before about this uh, Dairyland 3366, and that won the best test weight at 59.2. By a whole point. Holy man. Yeah. yeah. And that was the one last week we talked about how hard this cob is. It's incredibly hard yet. I mean, it's yeah, and we so. picked it two weeks ago, and it yeah. still looks like it's, yeah. And my number one pick, which was the worst, was number six for test weight so it had really good test weight just didn't yield it's got them deep kernels that really fill in nice that'll, that'll <clears throat> yield out in the end yep 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 and my go to the moisture derek the my last pick was at jung's variety and that was the driest if you scroll all the way down that was part of the reason i picked it was it was a good yielder and it was going to be dry because it's like it's the lowest maturity group, and it was half a point drier and everything else. Way less adjusted yield on that one. Which right? How much gets? How much do you think can get lost in that conversion when you're converting it down to true yield? Um, or you can't quantify was, that really. Sometimes it was up to like thirty bushel if it was yeah. really wet. Yeah. Know? What almost hurt Bill the most is that those other ones weren't super wet. You know, when, right. the, when the top, right. the bottom was 16% there and the top a ton was... Of correction here. Right, it wasn't like something was at 28 or 30%. That would have been a lot different. What was the top? 22%? So yeah, it's, it's not... From the LG. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, <clears throat> it reinforces a lot of things that we all know, that every year is going to be different. And, you know, we can, and hand checks are great, great for a guesstimate, but it's not, I mean, Todd and I both moved. Yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit in the hand checks. So did Bill. 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill, Todd, and I had the most mobility in from the hand check to the final yield. But I think what but it does do, <clears throat> guys, is it like Todd just said, it hammers the fact that you don't have to pick the variety that wins the, the plot all the time. Or you well, just, it, and it may not. Bill, you're the one. The first overall pick won a ton of plots in right. 2020. It won like yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, and it was 2021. Like, it it like, had a different year. Yeah, right. Year one one was a relatively like unanimous. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Basically, all, any yeah. of Nobody us in that position right. would have taken that. Right. And and who would have guessed tar spot hit like it did? Oh yeah. I yep. think this plot <clears throat> probably shows a we, lot of. If we pick consistent varieties for our farmers, or our farmers pick consistent varieties, they're going to have really good success. And, and I asked Derek before we recorded, you know, if he thought sand count or population really played into it. And, and what did you tell me, Derek? Yeah, I, I think final sand count probably. Yeah, emer- so emergence it. on some of these varieties. Emergence. And we said that was cold. Yep. We said that last week. One uh, thing I was surprised about was that there, there wasn't a ton of, like, wind damage this year. And we did have some pretty, pretty strong winds come through um, kind of early August. But... Um, I, overall, I, I do think that emergence played a little bit of a role um, in kind of the deviation from from what we saw in hand checks. I think that's probably what we were seeing is is more of a stand. And, and the day last week when we were out at the plots, I think we we recognized that that we could see where emergence and stand count was was questionable in some plots. And <clears throat> I remember one, maybe two, where there wasn't an ear, like the plant was there, but there was no ear. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of that necessarily in the plot. There were one or two varieties, but um, there were definitely a few varieties that we picked up on on that emergence issue. So, and just one last comment, I, I I think, and Todd brought this comment up is the not having the loser, not having the the bottom yeah. tier in, in the plot really made a huge difference. I'm um, just looking at Todd's team, and he won. He's got. He just doesn't have that low end yield. He, he's not getting under two hundred and fifteen bushels, um, whereas almost every other team got close to two hundred. So, so if anybody out there wants me to pick an above average <laughs> amount of varieties for you, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, thank you, Derek, for all the all the work. This is a robust data set and a lot of work put into it, and we appreciate. Yeah, that. It, was, it was fun to do, and hopefully, we can get this published and and help some of the farmers out there pick. Some of their varieties for next year. So. Yeah, and if any farmers are interested um, in doing fantasy, you know, crop leagues, we'll be drafting again in a month or so. And if if there's you know any interest out there, and uh, how we can do this, we're trying to set up a website and different things to to access this data and help. You know, obviously the goal is to help pick varieties and help see things that. One thing I liked about this is I saw varieties I don't. You know, some of the picks you guys made are ones. I don't usually see, and I got to see them, and that helps a lot. So, uh, you know, a lot of fun doing that. So, yeah, thanks, Derek, for setting everything up. Thanks, yeah, thank you. We won't boo you today. <laughs> well, thanks for the seed companies, too, that donated the seed. Yeah, the ones who participated, I really appreciate it. All right. Derek, any comments on combine fires out there? To any, <laughs> any Make sure you clean off your combine. This is a public service service announcement to all the farmers so clean off your combines have two uh fire extinguishers if you can and um yeah make sure you have have them mounted on the ground and maybe one above too so you can use them yes all right well that'll do it for our fantasy corn league so once again congratulations to todd way to go todd Lunch is on me. Yeah. Is that for today? Are you buying? I don't know. Well, if you get (laughs) no, No. we got to have the whole company here. So, yeah. It doesn't have to be the whole company. Just I'm going to be gone for lunch. So, ah. We'll have to get him one of those. uh, I've seen more of those this year than I think other years. The license plate holder that says, I lost in my fantasy football league. Oh, that's a good idea. It's like pink. So, we'll get get Bill. uh, I lost my fantasy corn league. Can you imagine driving around in the company truck with that on it? Oh, that would be sad. That would be very sad. You guys just ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> it was only I was having, nine. I was bu- having a good day. Only, Packers, you know, and only nine bushel from winner to loser. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Like, it's that was close. Just really close. One bad pick is all it does. Yeah. It. it takes one yeah. bad yeah. pick. 
I'm gonna take my ball and go home. <laughs> take my corn cob and go home. Swap corn for me. I feel yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was oh well. Always next year. Yeah. All right, moving to our spotlight for today. So the Dairy Checkoff new reset campaign is targeting Gen Z. So Reset Yourself with Dairy is a youth-centric evolution of Chekhov's consumer campaign. We'll use a variety of media channels and marketing strategies, including gaming, social media influencers, digital content, to engage with Gen Z to grow sales and trust of dairy. Effort launched in the middle of October, back on the 13th. So we're, we're targeting young audiences to try to spread positive information about dairy with this campaign. So it's interesting to, I think it's been a drive the last decade or so, the, the dairy's wellness benefits. Uh, you know, we had the, the chocolate milk campaign is a <clears throat> recovery drink for, for your workouts. So I guess you can expand on that. Uh, immunity, calm, energy, and digestive health. Positive benefits there. So, yeah, kind of an interesting look at how to increase dairy's presence. Did either of you guys watch the videos with Which the I? campaign? I, I did not. Bill, did you watch them? No, I didn't. They got like two new release videos. In conclusion, one must conclude based on concluding facts. Henceforth, summarizing... When your two-page essay needs to be a three-page essay, it can be stressful. Reset yourself with dairy. So, to reiterate... Therefore... And then they got a second one. So that was like a girl typing a paper. Could have used that in college. And then... Uh, yeah, you should have used milk. Chocolate milk. Or you, that two-pager yeah. needs a three-pager. Welcome, interns. Let's introduce ourselves. Buffering. Oh, no. Buffering. Elves and share a fun fact, right? Do you want to start? Hi, Desmond here, and my fun fact is I'm an identical twin. Oh. <laughs> fun. Okay, go ahead. What's up? I'm Bryce. Uh, fun fact, I have a dog, and every morning he takes me for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, go ahead. That's hilarious. I'm Casey. And I have a dog that takes me on a walk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no milk so will make you like just copy the person next to you. Yeah, she looked real nervous. Like I don't know. What you guys all remember doing those in college? You guys do those icebreakers and stuff like oh, that. Was, yeah, they sucked. Yeah, I don't know where this goes. It's buffering, but it's got like 15 seconds to go, and this commercial's almost done. It's just gonna be awkward silence. Yeah, but so I'm assuming somebody's fun fact will be about. Milk. Milk or dairy? Well, I'm guessing she's going to have to reset herself with dairy. Uh, because she'll come up with a better fun fact. Fun fact. Man, when the person before you uses your fun fact, it can be stressful. Okay. Reset yourself with dairy. Right. That's a very specific fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, dog like, takes me for a walk. Oh, oh no. All right. So now we'll move into our egg history minute. Love that banjo. All right. Today we're talking National FFA Convention, which is held once a year in the fall. The National FFA Convention began in 1928 as a way for members of the then small and newly formed organization to come together for fellowship and to decide on executive matters that would influence the future farmers of America. National FFA Convention took place in Kansas City, Missouri from 1928 to 1998. <clears throat> Louisville then hosted the event. From 1999 to 2005, with Indianapolis being the host city from 2006 to 2012. In 2009, the organization announced the National Convention and Expo would rotate every three years between Indianapolis and Louisville, with Louisville hosting the event 2013 through 2015, and Indianapolis hosting the event from 2016 to 2018. In 2015, the decision was made to move the convention back to Minneapolis, from night from 2016 until 2024. Indianapolis. 
What did I say? Minneapolis. Oh, oops. Indianapolis. In <laughs> Indianapolis. Did you guys ever go to a national convention? I did twice. Are you an officer? Ah, uh, no. Oh, no. I got to go to all three. I got to go to. Bill was in Kansas City, so I got to go there, and then it moved to Indy and to uh, the other places. We so you just got to go with was, Bill. Got to go. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, yeah, that's cool. so it was. Yeah, that's Bill fun. got his uh, national awards. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Good, cool. All right, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. We would love that. We'd love if you tell a farmer friend about what a podcast is. If he, he's going to say, well, I don't even know how to listen to that. I And you say, do you have a smartphone? Which most people say yes. You say, what kind? They say Apple. You go to Apple Podcasts on their Apple phone and search Tilt Talk Radio. On Android, we like Podbean, Player FM, and Podcast Addict as our best uh, podcast apps to use. And there you can download Tilt Talk Radio. If you'd like to follow us, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio. And Matt, are you going to post some pictures of the coveted Fantasy Crop League trophy on there? Yeah, we'll thro- throw the trophy up and uh, try to post some of the, probably the by team results as well. Yeah, good. All right, now let's talk some current events with Cool Beans. That's corny. So, Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Related to our Egg History Minute, the Blue Jackets return to Indianapolis is our cool beans this week for the 2021 FFA convention. The Blue Corduroy Jackets are going to be back <clears throat> from, uh, actually, they're there right now, October 27th through the 30th. More than 55,000 students and teachers are expected to participate in person, while many others will tune in virtually. From home, masks are required for all in-person attendees. So it's going to be a hybrid this year. With the last day being tomorrow, Saturday, October 30th. So they'll be in home in time for trick-or-treating. Do you think they make a corduroy like, mask? That'd be cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think it would get really, really, really hot. Yeah. Put your state on the front of it. Yeah. No, they got a bunch of FFA masks from <clears throat> 5 bucks to 10 bucks on Etsy. Ooh. So yeah, you can have the the not, logo right on there and be I sweet. I don't see a concert there this year. What the heck? Oh yeah, that was always the best. Unless There's I missed a, it, but I don't see one on here. Yeah, I don't uh They got the world's toughest rodeo. They're having a hypnotist. Ooh. Ooh. Be masked hypnotist. Well, that's unfortunate because the, the concert I know was always cool for the kids who got to go. Yeah, they always got some pretty decent big names. Who did you see, Max? I didn't get. I never <laughs> I know, went. I, I never went. Come on, man. Yeah, they've had like Garth Brooks and a lot of con- really, country uh, acts. Yeah, yeah. Usually some big names. Because when you went, it was like Garth Brooks or somebody. Wasn't no, it wasn't that somebody that I talked to. I don't to even remember who it was. No, it was but Garth, it w- Garth Brooks' uh, alternate personality. What's his name? Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. Oh, that's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Except for with dark hair and a different outfit, no cowboy hat. Who did you see? Who'd you see, Bill? I don't remember. I was just looking it up. <laughs> no, I, see, there you go. It, it wasn't. It that's wasn't why they don't that. have a concert. No one remembers who right. they saw. It wasn't that, but that was like 1997, Max. You were <clears throat> diaper. One year one old. Oh, you went after you graduated. You were real big time. No, no, I take, well, okay, I did, I take that back. I went as a senior because we went with Kevin Jerk, who was on our Tilt Talk Radio a couple years ago. He was my high school ag teacher. He was uh, that was my senior year. He came when I was a senior, so I went as a senior, and then I got my American degree as a junior in college. Gotcha. So yes, but oh, you we were just a junior because that's when I went with you too, and that yeah, was a lot of fun. That was kind of weird going back in college because yeah, we went like. As a sophomore in college, and I went back, and yeah, it was it was fun. But I just remember the drive home. There was two chaperones. There was one guy, and then Kevin, and the Packer game was on. And the other guy, the other chaperone, wanted to watch, listen to the NASCAR race. And Kevin bought had a bird, <laughs> so you pushed the <laughs> other chaperone out of the bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had vans at that point, no bus. Was we weren't big enough like other Old Dominion two years ago, pre pre vid, pre vid. Cool. 
Very cool. Cool beans. All right. Now for our That's Corny this week. Lawsuit charges, poultry price fixing, and asks for restitution. So 19 poultry processors, including industry leader Tyson Foods, are accused of conspiring to fix chicken prices in a lawsuit filed by Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson. Lawsuit is the latest against processors and asks for restitution for Washington consumers that could potentially run into the millions of dollars. If you've eaten chicken in the past decade, this conspiracy touched your wallet, said Ferguson. Conspiracy cost middle-class and low-income Washington families more money to put food on their table. So I know a few months ago we talked about price-fixing in the beef industry, and now we're seeing an investigation into price-fixing in the poultry industry. So watch out, ostriches, you're next. I watched a documentary about the price-fixing in in poultry, and I don't know that those documentarians are really agriculture experts by any means, so some of the stuff that's in there, you know, what I, that is what it Sensationalized. is. Sensationalized? A little bit, but it was interesting to hear how the pricing, I mean, they still discuss, explain how, like, pricing and stuff works, and, yeah, it's pretty easy to figure out or see how the prices end up fixed and all that stuff, because it's not very, it's not, it's not a very good system for the for the grower. No, I, I don't think any farmers are surprised by these details. No, no, absolutely not. So, all right, that'll do it for this week. So thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So we talked about the Fantasy Corn League results. Congratulations again to Todd. Yes, did it. And Ooh, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck next year to the rest of us. In our spotlight, we looked at Dairy Chekhov's new reset campaign targeting Generation Z. Egg History Minute, we talked about the FFA National Convention, which is going on right now, as we found out in our Cool Beans segment. And that's corny, was poultry fixing in the poultry... Yeah, I really blubbed that up. Poultry fixing, price fixing. Uh, So that'll... Be the end of this week's podcast. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.